This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Welcome everyone to Breaking Banks Europe, the number one fintech podcast. And welcome to episode 16, which is all about how incumbent banks are getting up to speed and winning in the world of customer experience. It's really interesting because customer experience is increasingly becoming um, really something that's at the heart of banking. Yet, in my opinion, it's a topic which really never gets its own deep dive. So I'm really, really excited to host this episode with two absolute all-stars who really get what customer experience is all about. So I'd like to welcome uh, the two guests we have on today's show. The first is Georgie Kapanatsi, Head of User Experience and Product at Space, the digital offshoot of TBC Bank in Georgia. Welcome, Georgie. Hello, hello. Welcome. And we also have a good friend of mine, Mayad Jilani, Product Owner at Rabobank Corporate Connect. Welcome, Mayad. Hi, Megan. So listeners, you know the routine. Uh, We'll start with a 20-minute interview, um, kicking off with uh, Georgie, and then we'll finish up the episode with a 20-minute chat with Mayad. So let's roll. So Georgie, Space Bank is super, super interesting. I heard about space when I saw um, Nika present at an EFMA conference and, you know, some of the statistics and focus on customer experience is just really, really, really mind-blowing. So can you kind of um, explain a bit more about Space Bank and, you know, how this digital offshoot came about? Yeah, sure. So you can think of uh, space uh, like a startup inside big enterprise. So as you already mentioned, uh, space is part of the largest bank in Georgia, TBC. And the idea uh, came from uh, innovation department inside the TBC that, uh, uh, yeah, why don't we try this whole digital thing? And why don't we try it somehow organized out of the TBC bank? So the idea was to relocate uh, some um, a team to assemble the team and relocate them out of the TBC bank in order to have this free, free flow, free mind, I think, to think about uh, the banking in a different way and uh, to come up with some non-traditional and non-trivial ideas that you can witness in traditional banks. So actually, this was the decision made by the uh, TBC Bank's board. And yeah, we, we've started to, to do this thing on our own. And yeah, today we are here and yeah, it's actually one of the key, let's say, 
uh, already not projects but already product one of the key products for TBC Bank mm-hmm. and we we see space as a tool for expansion for in other ma- markets for TBC yep okay and is it true that space was launched in just eight months with three employees is that is that real? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, so the story was that no, actually it, it, it was not uh, three employees, but yeah, we definitely uh, launched our, let's say, MVP mm-hmm. in eight months. So we started with uh, three employees, but by the time when we were launching, so we gradually uh, onboarded more and more team members, but yeah, uh, like four first, uh, two, three, four months. Yeah, we literally were three, four people. But yeah, we've actually, yeah, we've onboarded a lot of people afterwards. Yeah. Wow, that really is kind of a, a startup mode. And I guess the three kind of original, uh, three, the three original folks. What what was their background? Well, one of the key key, let's say. Uh, ideas was uh, uh, as, I, as I mentioned already the re- relocation idea out uh, outside of the TBC bank. So so eventually uh, we came up w- w- with a thing that uh, we said that why don't we try to build a bank for ourselves in first place the bank that we would like. That's why we then decided that this uh, core team should not be assembled with the. Uh, let's say hardcore bankers with I don't know five to ten years experience in banking, but let's try to onboard like core team members not from the banking industry. So me myself uh, was uh, like uh, wow, I, I had like a one year experience in banking. So I came from mainly my background was from IT, and then I moved to FMCG yep. uh, companies, etc. So yeah, the core team was not uh, like the the bankers. So that's why I think uh, it played a crucial part in innovating and innovating, especially in the customer experience um, on the customer experience side. Because as as I already mentioned, we were obsessed with the idea that uh, maybe we could uh, build the bank that we would like in the first place, and not to be constrained by some um, policies or some procedures that traditional banks have. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I think that's that feels quite rare. You know, a, a lot of the stories I've heard and, and clients I've worked with, it's been a case of, okay, yeah, that, that's the idea. They want to kind of keep the team separate, but a lot of the times they are still constrained by, you know, the the bureaucracy and, and the policies. So I think that's actually, you know, great and definitely a key factor in the success of space, you know, that you were able to build this quite separate from, from kind of the, the core of TBC. Um, so I guess in, in those eight months, what was the design experience like and how did you maintain customer centricity? Uh, so, so actually we started uh, like, uh, it is in every project that, that you, you can imagine. We started with some pain points, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, with the pain points that we witnessed in our experience uh, with, with the banks uh, as a customer. Mm-hmm. So we pointed out these pain points and uh, we actually started to, to think. To, we started thinking, we started to 
journey uh, we started to i don't know some um, uh, mapping out some new, new uh, journeys uh, to overcome the barriers uh, that that uh, we were witnessing uh, in our experience so everything started uh, first of all around our team members because we uh, saw this uh, project as a as i already mentioned something so, so we, we we saw this as a, as our um, uh, own thing so we, we tried to to build to design to i don't know everything we started to uh, look at the things as a customer because we were actually the first customers of our bank so that's the what, what was like uh, the, the the first steps and um, afterwards uh, of course we then started doing some uh, focus groups some usability testings we then did some a lot of uh, prototyping in the field mm -hmm. with um, with customers and uh, yeah and then we ended up with the solution that we currently have but uh, still everything started in-house yeah. and everything yeah What's the, out of curiosity, what, what's the profile of a typical kind of Georgian consumer? Are they quite digitally savvy? Yeah, uh, so as, uh, the, as Space was the first digital bank, from day one we started to position Space as an alternative to the bank. So we decided to position it as a mobile app. Uh, we tried not to use uh, any words like bank or I don't know some um, uh, procedures policies so we tried to push hard this thing that uh, you don't need a bank to manage your finances but uh, you can imagine that uh, with this positioning we actually adopted only let's say early adopters like really really tech savvy people from, from the beginning but then we tried to reposition ourselves and not to uh, confront, let's say, banks and banking industry in the whole, but to more focus on the real uh, value propositions that we offer to, to customers. So currently we, we are experiencing moving from this uh, tech-savvy, uh, more early adopter thing to more uh, early majority stuff. So more and more people. So actually we started our core uh, user base was under 35 and now we we see that it's uh, growing under 40 and under, uh, under 50 etc okay okay yeah i mean i imagine the the first new bank in georgia market with a smallish population there must have been a lot of you know buzz about space what kind of you know, how were you trying to promote this to to other types of customers? And what are some of the kind of um, offline engagements that you you have in order to kind of position yourself as the the customer centric uh, digital bank? Uh, so uh, we 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 had not any uh, were any offline presence uh, from uh, the day one until today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we we do not do any out of home or. Uh, let's say ATL, VTL uh, stuff. We do not do this. We are only in digital channels because, uh, like, like, like the TV and stuff, will bring more awareness. But uh, we still try to be as lean as possible, and th that's why we mainly focused on the digital channels. 
So this is the strategy for now. And um, yeah. You know, I was having a, a look at space and I saw that, is it true that you do courier um, or car delivery by couriers on, on e-scooters? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this was actually, the, this idea came out of a problem. <laughs> so just to give you more insight on this, how we ended up with this own delivery service. So when we launched the space, our car delivery was mainly supported by uh, international, one of the international, let's say, postal services. But uh, the thing is that we have one picture that you can see in every app. Uh, It's called invite friend. And we incentivized this thing. So if you invite friend, we give you five lari and uh, we give also five lari to your friend. Yep. But when we launched, we did not, we did not, so we had not any commercial or advertising of this stuff. So somehow people started to invite each other. Yep. And this whole thing was like, I don't know. So it was enormous amount for us. So from the day one, like in two weeks, we had 40K new customers. Oh, wow. And you can, and you can imagine that. 40k uh, new customers that means 40k orders cards yeah and, and uh, uh, beside that this postal s- service was uh, really huge and really international and uh, one of the biggest in country mm-hmm. this um, whole experience of this card delivery and uh, let, let's say it was not the best yeah. <laughs> if it's <laughs> so and w- w- when we saw these feedbacks uh, from our customers that uh, it's not the, the way that we were wa- wanted it to be, and the, and the customers started to complain about that, and we saw that beside that this is really great company, the disposal delivery, uh, you cannot still, I think in my mind, uh, you cannot still outsource your core, let's say, competence. So. We made a big bet on a customer experience and we analyzed that <laughs> one of the biggest parts of it, like the first interaction uh, with a human, was not done by our team member. Mm-hmm. So after that, we thought that maybe we should uh, build it um, in-house and we should definitely improve this uh, first-touch experience and out of that, we came with that idea that we build our own delivery system yep. with our own co- couriers. And yep. yeah, they're, they're now delivering cards with these scooters. That's, that's super cool. I, I've never heard of anything like this. But I mean, I think it's, you know, it, it makes a huge difference. The first touch point that you have with the customers, it's, you know, it's different. It's, it's, it's very kind of... You know, it really is, it fits in with that millennial, that that tech savvy customer. Are are the scooters kind of branded space as well, or? Yeah, sure, sure. That they are all branded in space with our uh, with our logos and stuff. And I think I think that uh, especially for the companies uh, like space, when you have only digital presence, and uh, it is really crucial that this uh, uh, touch point that, that that you have. With a human being, I think, yeah, it should be done in a proper way. 
Um, and you know, it's it's some inadvertent marketing as well. You know, the the space scooters going around Tbilisi and and other cities. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the other primary customer needs that that space addresses? Uh, so mainly, uh, our our value proposition is the, so we build everything around this. So the the core pillar is um, instant instancy and instant products. So the the main pain point that we tried to address was that I should be able to manage or my money like instantly as I do like uh, everything else. So yeah, for example, if uh, you applied for a loan like uh, before space in some other banks. It took you around like day, may, maybe two, some processes, procedures. So we tried to automate everything and from applying and currently in space, when you apply for, let's say, consumer loan, mm-hmm. it's like done under one minute. So you apply and you are able to disperse it immediately. So uh, we said that our, our products should be instant and automated. And if there is some product or process that we cannot automate or cannot do it to, to be instant, in uh, such scenarios, we do not do this such products. So we do not implement them. So uh, all our products sh- should be instant. So this uh, is the same uh, thing with all our uh, other products. So you can apply and, uh, and this bars loan 24-7. The same for uh, savings, money transfers, uh, and etc. Wow, that's that's a pretty kind of bold strategy, but I love it. Okay, final final question: What is your favorite customer experience? What do you kind of hold as the the pinnacle of a, a great user experience? To, to be really honest, there were lots of questions uh, in the beginning when, when we started that why are you so different? So what is the difference like from space from other uh, banks? So yeah, I, I have uh, like TBC banks, mobile application. Yeah, ma- ma- maybe they do not have like all of the products 24-7, but I'm still like um, using it. I'm, I, I really like it. So what is the difference? Why should I try or even switch to space so actually i cannot outline or highlight one exact user experience or one exact thing but i think uh, what we uh, i think my, my answer to those people w- w- would be that the end to end process from when you download our application to continuing with ordering this uh, space card and then using it and uh, in case of any problems, like contacting our support center, etc. So I think this thing, let's say, sums up this whole experience. That we are here, we are like 24-7 instant, and we can address all of these needs that uh, our customer has. So I think the, the question would be that this end-to-end customer journey that uh, we have in our uh, application, in our business, is the key differentiator uh, that, that uh, we have. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, yeah, that's music to my ears. I think that customers have expectations of digital 
reimbursement and access to products um, outside of banking. So why shouldn't their their bank be able to provide that? So yeah, thank you so much, Georgie. Um, I saw that space is looking to go international. So hopefully you uh, come a bit more into Western Europe. So um, <laughs> we can all start using space. So thank you again for your time. Really appreciate it. So thanks for your invitation and the, and the opportunity. Join us from May 11th to the 14th in beautiful Milan for the third edition of the FinTech Stage Festival in partnership with Breaking Banks Europe. This year's theme, Tales from Pioneers, highlights a decade of FinTech and the most prominent contributors who made it all happen. The tickets of the opening plenary will fund timepledge.org, our social enterprise with a mission to coach entrepreneurs across the African continent. It is, as we say, everyone's opportunity to give back. Registration is open, so go now to www.ftsfest.com to register now. See you in Milan. So thank you again to Georgie from Space, the digital offshoot of TBC Bank in Georgia. And our next guest is Maya Jilani, product owner at Rabobank Corporate Connect. Welcome to the podcast, Maya. Thank you. So, Maya, we've known each other for quite some time now, and you have worked in both the retail, business, and, and corporate banking segments. So, can you talk us through what your role is at Rabobank at the moment? Sure. Um, so, I, uh, I was doing the corporate uh, product owner for the corporate banking, and I'm also uh, looking after product owner for business banking. So, it's a sort of a transition which will include both corporate and all the other business sort of segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also do product ownership for innovation. So uh, <laughs> just because to, to really keep busy. And that includes uh, looking after a very small team, uh, which we, we have what, if, what we call like the mothership, which is the big apps for retail or the uh, corporate. But we also have the speedboats that we send out uh, to look after and look at different types of innovation. And some are successful and will join the mothership and some won't. Uh, and we've at least tried for our customers. So I looked after specifically for one of these innovations and we did lots of little other pieces of innovation as well. Okay, cool. Super interesting. I mean, good that yeah. you kind of have your, your fingers in a few different pies. Um, yes. So I know that Rabobank was the the first and perhaps only, correct me if I'm wrong, Dutch financial institution to develop banking services for for Google Assistant. And I know you were quite close to this. So can you talk us through how that was developed? Sure. We were the first, uh, maybe not the only, but uh, basically, uh, as I described, we had one initiative uh, which we, we thought that the voice uh, channel could be very interesting for both our customers and ourselves. And we wanted to explore that. Uh, but to do so, we partnered with Google to uh, be basically to launch the uh, first Dutch version, Dutch language in Netherlands, simultaneously from, uh, with Google launching the 
Dutch version of the Google Assistant in Netherlands. So the initial uh, sort of piece of work was a joint effort and basically uh, we came up with some more features that we thought would be good for the launch. But at that point, I would say we didn't do the full sort of check with customer yeah. uh, to make sure that actually the features were good for it. It was just an experiment at the time. But as soon as we had the base, uh, we went to work to really test it with our customers. Mm-hmm. And that was when uh, it was completely eye-opening because uh, this channel is uh, unbelievable, basically, from the fact that it's completely different from anything else you come across. So it's so different from even the chatbots because the customer can ask for whatever they want. (laughs) So uh, we've been, I I think, uh, you know, from a usability point of view, basically the banks have been training the customers to look at the mobile or the desktop in the way we want them to look at them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Whereas the voice is completely different because the customer can ask for the way they want it. So that was really interesting experience uh, out of it, that we were really looking at proper usability, you know, proper way that the humans interact, not the way humans interact with machines, but actually how the human-to-human interaction works. Yeah, yeah. So when you launched it, was there just, was there a limited amount of commands or? Yeah, so when we launched it, it was uh, basically you could listen. You had to, you used the API, it was an API setup, so you gave consent. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you could get your balance and also you could uh, basically set a budget. Mm-hmm. But uh, when we tested, we noticed that that's not what the customers really wanted. Okay. They, uh, I think balance was interesting, but uh, they wanted a lot more. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and not in the way that the banks actually think. So okay. they, they weren't interested in asking Google Assistant for help and support but they were more interested asking like you talk to an advisor you know can i have a mortgage how can i buy a house how can i open an account in in that way okay so i mean how did you find the balance between you know what the bank could do and wanted to do versus what customers were actually looking for well we went straight into the customer Mm -hmm. uh, with customers way so we completely tipped it upside down. Uh, So we had the features that we designed initially, but then we completely focused on what we were hearing and experiencing or when we were holding sessions with the customers, the way they were interacting with with, uh, Google Assistant uh, was just like you talk to someone and ask someone. So I'll give you a good example. The interaction is very simple but our job was completely difficult because of it. So when the customer wants to do a payment request, you know, payment request is big in Netherlands, yep. uh, that people split their bills all the time. But when you want to do a payment request in a traditional manner on a, via the app or a desktop, you have to answer three questions yep. in order to get that. But that's not the way we talk, right? Yep. <laughs> so what we did was we totally turned it upside down. We said, well, what is ask for what you want so i could just ask i want to split my last transaction with three people and then we used 
all the technology we had available to us to make that happen so the customer doesn't feel the pain that yep. we feel the pain so we do all the hard work and yep. we make this interaction as smooth as possible yeah wow that's uh that's you know quite the unusual mindset to have uh, <laughs> within the bank so you know was there a lot of pushback in, internally with really pushing this you know let's go with the customer wants and you know let us take the pain so the customer doesn't have to feel the pain I think initially we had a bit of pushback to push it towards chatbots. They, they just wanted us to take what we've done for chatbots, as you can imagine. They said, bots are bots, right? <laughs> but uh, we pushed back and we actually showed, uh, and I think uh, I have to say the senior management really listened to us because mm -hmm. we showed what the value was and we showed the, I think the usability testing, the recordings and the findings really helped. We yeah. created like a, publication uh, that's basically clearly outlined how the customers were interacting and yeah. data. Uh, and uh, I think what was really nice was that the bank took it very seriously. And now they've uh, made the voice channel uh, one of the main channels in the bank. So we've got a proper uh, department de dedicated to it. So when I started, I had two people, just two people, to developers and as you can imagine i was only like a third of the time yeah. dedicated to it but yeah. now we have a full team uh, yeah. dedicated to this channel so that's the transition that we made we we seen the value and we pushed towards it but i think from a we are talking about usability here what what was really interesting is the power of the uh, services like the APIs, because that uh, example I gave you uses three different APIs to get that happen. That simple, method, like a request, took three APIs. Wow. So that was the eye opening for us that <laughs> we could use all the APIs in yeah. that manner, right? Yeah. So we, we then went to look at what the customers really wanted, which was they, they keep asking for they want mortgage, right? <laughs> they want to buy a house. How can you help them? So we actually worked with the mortgage department and used their APIs to create a very simple setup where now you can use Google Assistant and ask these questions like, I want to buy a house, how can you help me? And Google Assistant will give you the initial breakdown after asking, you know, how much you earn or how much your partner earns. And then it puts you directly in the process to get the mortgage. That's, that's fantastic. Do you find that kind of, I guess, in all your experiences with product development and, and customer experience, do you find that most of the time what the bank thinks the customer wants isn't actually what the customer wants? Yeah, uh, I think uh, it's miles apart. <laughs> so uh, actually, it depends, again, the type of customer we are talking about here. And uh, so the corporates and uh, like the larger businesses, they really know what they want, mm -hmm. but we still don't really, we have a hard time even speaking to them because yeah. there's layers. And, and I mean, in every bank uh, that I've been in, uh, we ha there's a really difficult part of actually accessing this type of customers. And then with the retail customers, it's more difficult to know what they want. And I think it really makes it hard because even in the environment of user testing, we don't always find that. So we need to do uh, a combination of 
A-B testing, analytics, in combination with continuously user testing to get that uh, exactly what the customers are after. Absolutely. And I know that Rabobank has a, a state-of-the-art customer testing facility. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so we have a very nice uh, setup in Rabobank, uh, but I would, I would maybe talk about pros and cons. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it's an absolutely beautiful space for the customer and for internal employees listening to the customer or viewing what the customer is doing. So comfortable for a customer, Mm-hmm. And uh, the initial team can actually really see what the customer is doing, hear them, and also focus on the devices they're using. Yeah. And also uh, secondary groups and senior management can sit in meeting rooms with our have monitors that they can really see uh, everything that's happening from a secondary level. Yeah. But the negative of, uh, point of this, uh, again, from doing user testing in so many different ways, like uh, when I was in Edinburgh, we did it with external parties or even going in the street and getting some feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the negative point of having a state of art is uh, spaces that the customer sometimes gets overwhelmed okay. and they always agree with whatever you show them. So yeah. they, they really uh, start to love the product when yeah. they're in that space because they've just been, uh, it's, it's a Rabobank building is also beautiful. So you get through the Rabobank building and then you go to this really nice space and then you would just agree with whatever you see. Whereas when we go to the customer, we get a more honest answer. So we, we do a testing by uh, either going to customers' uh, offices yeah. For example, or uh, finding a different space to do the interviews. And we seem to get more honest and hands on interaction yeah. from the customers. Yeah, I think that, you know, in my experience with um, running different types of testing and um, customer interviews, if you're able to, to just sit with a customer and, you know, their, their natural setting, especially within the SME or corporate banking space, you can really take the time to just, you know, casually sit with them and ask questions yeah. about what they're doing. That's where the real, you know, innovation can, can come from. I agree. I think it depends what you're testing as well. I, I would say with the standard items like the, your uh, mobile banking or desktop banking, it's maybe better to get them in a different space. But when we did the Google sort of testing, Google Assistant testing, it was quite good to be in that space because we had all the different devices set. It was more futuristic. So the, uh, the customers actually was very comfortable in that yeah. state and they've never seen it before. So uh, it didn't matter, I would say, for that kind of testing. But when you go to a day-to-day items, I think it's better to take them to a different space. Yeah, that makes sense. How are the expectations of, of corporate customers changing? So, you know, if you think about the stages in which the, the digital revolution has happened within banking, it's kind of, you know, retail was first, then quickly in the SME space. And, you know, there's been pockets of innovation in the, in the corporate segment. But, you know, how, how is this changing? I think uh, what I would say is, first, there wasn't much uh, uh, focus on the corporates before. Uh, So I think most of the banks actually, even with mobile or any kind of section, they they focused on the retail. 
and yeah. even small, uh, SMEs, like small, medium uh, businesses. Uh, but corporate always uh, was the last to get all the uh, functionalities, if you like. But within corporate, there is a lot of automation required. Mm -hmm. And also the main piece that's really important is managing uh, the different sort of employees of the rights and security and who's got access rights and which functionality and tools they require. Mm -hmm. I think that's become more of a focus for all the banks. Uh, and uh, I would say Rabobank does that really well uh, from a, a solely focusing on really customizing for what you have rights for. Uh, but I think we've uh, it, the, the other things has changed is maybe uh, when it was purely a, a desktop space is now becoming more desktop mobile mm -hmm. sort of space. Uh, so that's changed as well. And, and expectations are slowly, slowly growing with more competition coming in. Um, I've seen a lot, a, a few, I think we've both seen a few of the uh, sort of fintechs are now tapping into the corporate space. Yep. Yeah, well. yeah, definitely looking to unbundle, uh, you know, different parts of that experience from, you know, um, corporate cards and, and payments yeah. and everything. I guess what's what's the biggest change in, in customer experience within banking you've seen you know, over the past seven odd years of, of your experience? Because you, you started off kind of with Monetize and then Tesco yeah. Bank and now Rabobank. Yeah, I, I think I've seen, uh, if you like, we've reached now a point that all the features are available in every bank. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and the experience I think is now uh, the key point. So I, I can see most of the banks haven't actually got that yet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think uh, the ones that are doing it well are the ones that are focusing on the real customer needs which are mostly invisible. They're not something you can show off to your other banks saying, look what we've got, right? So there's a lot of like hidden customer journeys that uh, maybe I can mention. Like uh, I think what I like about what Rabobank are doing is they're mm -hmm. focusing on sort of how to help the customers and uh, make sure they've got a good financial health. Yes. So that's not going to make us money. <laughs> you know, that's actually really focusing on helping the customer and a lot of these usability and uh, functionalities are hidden. Like uh, we've recently uh, sort of uh, look, looking at, and I think we've recently launched it, that if you go in the red, we can trigger that and really make sure the customer understands that they're now in the red even and how much percentage they're paying because that's the, that's the, uh, the thing we, uh, banks normally don't do. And we don't want our customers to, yeah. to be in the red. We yeah. don't want them to pay extra uh, sort of interest rates if they don't have to, because we, we see it more longer term that actually that's not good for the bank either. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot to be said around um, taking care of customers' financial health. I think that if we look at personal finance management and how that's evolved, it doesn't really do much to help the customer. So I think yeah. there's a very long way to go in this space. And yeah, so who 
who, what type of companies, what other sectors do you look to for, for inspiration and, you know, innovation and, and customer experience? Well, I, you know, I personally look at uh, all around. So uh, I was in uh, Seattle having a look at all the things Amazon. So, for example, I had a look at Amazon Go, which is absolutely beautifully designed for the customer. And yeah. uh, also Netherlands is uh, really great for some of these companies, uh, e-commerce companies. Like uh, we have a company called Cool Blue, okay. which uh, you can buy appliances from. But these guys have really nailed the customer experience because when you order something, they can tell you within one the hour when it's going to get delivered. Oh, wow. And they will arrive on that hour. And then the person will bring the, the, what you bought in, unpack it, install it, and take all the packaging and go. And they're super polite, very well-mannered. And it's just a beautiful experience end to end. And you're like, oh my God, how can anybody compete with these guys? And there seems to be so many of these services uh, within Netherlands. We have picnic delivery service, which is uh, all of the cars are electric. They're Mm -hmm. fully like into the recycling thing. They they bring you shopping in in the bags, but then they collect the bags next time. So it's, it's all uh, digital and human interaction combined. Yeah. End-to-end process is constantly improving. They're always improving what they're doing is uh, by trying to help the customer. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, if you look at some of the experiences from some of these mobile-only banks, you know, where I think customers are experiencing frustration is when they actually need to speak to a human and they need that human interaction and they can't access it. And I think, you know, the examples you gave and also the the card delivery via... Yeah. Um, space e-scooter i think you know the future future will really be kind of marrying that fully digital but also offline experience um you know potentially down the line customers will start to you know crave that that human interaction from their favorite brands and um you know the the different providers of products yeah i think the question i've got is uh is good customer experience uh, related to actually more interaction. So Mm -hmm. for banking, I would say, actually, if you had a really good experience, you would have less interaction with your bank. So I think that's something the banks haven't quite looked at because they, uh, you still see in the corporate, sorry, in all the banks, they Mm -hmm. are looking for number of interactions rather than, is the customer happy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's, that's a super good point. Okay. So, so final question, Mayad. Um, yeah. What's, what's the best customer experience? Oh, other than all this stuff. I've said. Yeah. So yeah. I can, I'm going to give you uh, one. Well, you know, uh, I think I mentioned that previously to you, the more, most of the uh, best experiences that I believe work are the ones that are hidden to the mm-hmm. customer. that they've just been placed there to make life easy that maybe the customer doesn't even know that's there. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think one of the best ones uh, I've come across within Rabobank and and business is that we have like an authorization-based services. So 
say uh, you and I have a company, it's often like when we have like 100 employees yeah. and every employee does something differently have access and has access to different tools and s- services that they have access to. So we could customize that for every single one. Okay. Very easily within yeah. Rabobank for, for the company. So uh, they just have to say who's got rights to what. And then when the user or one of the employees logs in, they only have access to what they need to have access to. Mm -hmm. And I think that is like, for me, is a really nice setup uh, for the companies. And they don't need to worry about uh, who can access what. And they can easily change it as well, uh, you know, with with Rabobank. I think that's 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 a really good example. You know, it brings in that element of personalization. It's it, it's yeah. relevant and it's really impacting something that's at the heart of the day to day usability of, of the product. Yeah, and the team is funny because when we were looking at all these things, we we asked the team to come up with what are we really doing, mm-hmm. and the team came up with we want to make customer accelerate their business. Yeah. By, by having a good day. Yep. So when you log in, we want you to have a good day. So as soon as you log in, you got access to whatever you need. Yep. Uh, only you, what you need <laughs> and nothing more uh, or nothing less. And just do your work. And I think if we can do that or any bank or any company can do that, I think they'll be successful. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Thank you so much for that. It's always great to catch up and really great to hear that, you know, one of the the traditional banks in the Netherlands is staying at the forefront of innovation and customer experience. It was nice talking to you, Megan. Great. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is episode 16. Thank you so much for listening and we look forward to welcoming you next week. Thanks. Do you want to be part of Breaking Banks Europe? Reach out and learn more about the opportunity to be featured in one of our shows. With over 1.6 million listeners and counting, Breaking Banks Europe is bound to become the place to advance critical dialogue in Europe and the UK fintech scene. Reach out on Instagram or Twitter at BreakingBanksEU or go to www.provoke.fm. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.